0: Outlet Day, everybody. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. It's where our staff goes after a staff meeting. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar. Led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And don't forget, they have six great flavors of slushies as well. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory, sales staff that's great, service department fabulous, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at SunburyMotors.com. We welcome in Matt Catrillo. The Eagles didn't make any mistakes today. The Yankees haven't made any mistakes yet. Flyers are out of the playoffs, so they can't make any more mistakes.
1: <laughs> How's it going?
0: It's all going well. We got Pat Friermuth today. now oh, you're looking forward to that. Absolutely. Got... Um... Oh yeah, I finally found your Yahoo account. By the way.
1: Oh, good. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, take care of that right now, and uh, we'll hear from Pat at 4:06 today. The newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, interesting uh, on the uh, on his and uh, the contract. Um, I guess all the Steelers now have have had to put in you know a restraining order in the contract for you know who. It's just it's. <laughs> S-U-I-T T- 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 that spells suit ah! at- after he made a couple of trips to St Vincent College it's uh, I guess it became standard <laughs> sad oh well. I think you'll enjoy the uh, interview very much and that'll be coming up at 406 today. All right, uh, a couple of items to get to uh, I want to get to football practice in a moment I want to do that uh, I all, but I want to get to this first and I don't know if you saw this the University of Hartford did you see this I don't recall no this isn't a trial all right, just a simple question. <laughs> University of Hartford, which just went to the NCAA tournament. You know, we were talking about John Gallagher and Johnny Gal and the whole thing. Less than two months after their men's basketball team reached their first NCAA tournament, the university's Board of Regents voted yesterday to transition the athletic department from Division One to Division Three.
1: What? Yep. Wow. How about that one?
0: They think it's going to save money. (laughs) Okay. The university will file, have to file its intent with the NCAA in January of 2022 and expects to be transitioned to division three by September 1st, 2025. The Board of Regents Chair David Gordon said in a statement, a move to Division Three will allow the university to further strengthen its academic, uh, co-curricular, and wellness experience for all students. We know the decision will disappoint, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm not into blah, blah, as you know. Uh, last month, the University of Hartford Athletics feasibility study, commissioned by school president Greg Woodward, and conducted by the consulting firm, <laughs> so now we're on a really good path with me, the, the consulting firm. Car Sports was made public. The study indicated the school would save $9.2 million a year by going from Division One to Division Three. All right. Just so you know, you can commission anything you want, and you can get the results you want. I know that sounds cynical. But we try to deal with facts as often as possible here. Stuff like, you know what was not included? You know what was not? Okay? I know this inside. Okay? You know what was not included in their feasibility study? They didn't include the NCAA tournament money they received. (laughs) I just... I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm telling you what they... again. That goes back to, all right. You can get the result you want, and the problem is when you when you are dealing with people on the outside who knows how it works. That's where that's where your logic fails you. <laughs> okay, that's that's a big problem. Well,
1: the minute you said a uh, uh, law firm and NCAA or outside law firm, I knew this was not. This is going to go down the toilet bowl. Okay.
0: Uh, coaching contracts and student-athlete scholarships will be honored, but the new athletic scholarships will cease beginning in the 22-23 year. Now, this is what – okay, this is how naive this group is in two areas. It's the two areas. We'll go with three. Um because obviously I already pointed out one, they didn't include the NCAA tournament money. Um, When you... What did more for Hartford's profile? With all due respect, uh, I, I don't know what Hartford specializes in. I mean, I grew up there. I still don't know what they specialize in. I really don't. Okay, So I'm not going to pretend here that I know what, you know, like some schools are great, engineering schools, some schools are great, liberal arts schools, whatever. I don't know what they specialize in. But what did more for their profile? What well, do you know about Hartford academically? Or did you finally, did people across the country find out that Hartford existed because they were in the NCAA basketball tournament? Right? I mean, it's a legitimate question to ask. What may do more for your recruiting?
1: Well, it's not going to do much good now, now that you're Division Three,
0: And that is something that is bizarre. Now, here's the other part. This is how naive they are. They expect people to come there and pay, I don't know, was it $52,000 a year, some number like that, and say, hey, this is great. Um, I'll play baseball. You will? You know you have to pay. Oh. Maybe I'll go someplace where I can at least get a partial scholarship. That's under the category, look, I know we, we've gone through a pandemic, so I know that there's going to be, this is going to happen in other places, maybe not this dramatic, of going from Division One to Division Three. I don't think you're going to see that kind of drama, but you're going to see in the next two years athletic departments dropping programs to get themselves on better financial footing. And that is something that needs to be looked at. I know that Dane O'Neill wrote a terrific piece on this on the athletic, as always. But that, I mean, that's where you sit back and you ask yourself. Okay, I I'm not quite getting where we're going here. You're just coming off a year where you've received the greatest publicity the school has ever received. I mean, back in the days, you know, they had Jim Rosati as their women's basketball coach. They yeah, but nothing like this, All right. Um so they're riding riding a wave of, of support of what they call the neighborhood. Just played at Lucas Oil Stadium. Right? And they commissioned this outside study as how they could they save ten they could save ten million dollars if they dropped athletics. Now the school sponsors fifteen sports. Plus, they also have a men's and women's esports team. So, yeah, just in case the suit wants to send suit light to school,
1: <laughs> what? You mean to tell me all this about baseball, and they still have to find they still are finding a way to financially keep esports? <laughs> Come on, man!
0: It was a sixty-seven page re- report. Which highlights several mistakes in car sports accounting. The most glaring is a double count that exaggerated the bottom line cost saving by six point two million dollars. Again, you can get a report to say anything you want, you paid for it. The bottom line cost saving six point two million, okay? So their numbers are wrong. They argue that the most that Hartford will save will be a million dollars, not ten million dollars. And even that number could fluctuate substantially. It does not, for example, consider future earnings in the NCAA basketball tournament. You get a cut if you're not even in it, you get a cut. You're not if you're not in it, you get a cut. Okay. It also does not factor in this. In order to get out of America East, guess what you have to do? Ah, you have to pay an exit fee. You have to give a refund back on all your naming rights. I mean, this is all... I mean, I, I can understand if you want to save money, but this, I mean, they tried to do this at Alabama Birmingham with football, and football is an expensive sport. There's no getting around it. Football is expensive. It's, you know, if you're not a power five school, well, I mean, look, football is important at Bucknell, okay, but let's face it, it's it's not a money maker. That's just being honest, is a fact. Um Car implies Car Sports implies that Division One currently costs Hartford nine point three million after including payments Hartford receives uh from athletes. Uh the net cost of Hartford for its division one program will be approximately three point six million for the year twenty twenty three. They hypothesized that on day one, the Division III version of Hartford would show a net positive revenue of $4.5 million. Now,
1: does it say how much they're spending on the eSports programs? That's what I really want to know.
0: Well, it's probably eSports. It's, 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 how much does a laptop cost?
1: That's <laughs> still money that they can use to keep a program at Division One.
0: Well, yeah, but that's that's just pennies on the dollar. That's not. a... I mean, esports is. I mean, I mean the suit doesn't even watch the Indy Five Hundred anymore. He does it on his computer. <laughs> that's true. Look, I'm winning. <laughs> I beat Willpower. <laughs> okay, great. Kathy Barons, the vice chair of the board of trustees, said the board will discuss Hartford's future at its next meeting in the first week of May. No timetable for a formal decision. Um, but this is uh, do um, again the most substantial. I mean, they made errors. I mean, and we talked about uh, Swartz says car sports labeled the $6.2 million spent on athletic aid as an expense for athletes paid to the central administration and thereby as revenue for the administration. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's where some of the issues come in. The administration's not going to get the $6.2 million. They're not going to because the athletic department ain't going to be paying it. It's just going to go away. So the $6.2 million is fabricated out of thin air. I mean, it's going to go away. There's, there are no scholarships. So the administration getting a $6.2 million windfall from the athletic department, no, not going to happen. That money's leaving. There are several other big ticket items that weren't properly addressed in the report. Exit fees to the America East, that'll be a million. Money lost through tuition from an esports team that can only compete at the Division I level. One million. The end of a partnership with Hartford Healthcare, which is up for renewal this year, which pays for the salaries of ten athletic trainers and strength coaches, five hundred fifty thousand. I know it's shocking to find out that the, that there's a report out there that has flaws in it. I'm stunned. What's next? A consultant? All right. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <sighs> well, we'll take a break. We're brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. patronage taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motors studio here's steve jones sunbury motors 4th street in sunbury sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's wharf and online at sunbury motors.com and today's show the friday edition Brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, micro brews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fashion out every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. This is all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. After every staff meeting, our staff immediately considers going over there. Oh, you can tell me it's true. You, sir, are my hero. <laughs> All right, so back to the story for a moment. Then I'm going to get to football practice because there will be some changes there uh, that the NCAA is pushing toward. Uh, the, we we're talking about how Hartford wants now to go from Division I to Division Three, And, of course, really the, the great effect will be on basketball, men's and women's basketball, obviously, more than anything else. But here's Hartford's problem. Okay? Eh? Hartford has a budget problem because, guess what? Their enrollment is down 12% in three years. Now, when you look at the enrollment being down, I, mean, I think I said the number I gave to you earlier was 52000 a year. That was a little bit off. It's 56,760 years. So it was about off by about $4,500. Uh, that's a loss of more than $8 million just on enrollment. There's your eight million. There's your of your nine point two million. There's eight million of it right there. They also have made this decision yesterday, May sixth. Just to let you know that they understand the calendar. Deposits are due at Hartford May first. So, one of the players on the Hartford team uh, decided to send the president an email. DJ Mitchell. In fact, I think I think DJ got hurt in the game against Baylor. They actually, with eight minutes go in the first half, Hartford was beating Baylor 14-13. And he sent an email about, hey, you know, we've heard about this. What's the deal? Blah, 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 blah. And the president, who, by the way, did not attend the NCAA tournament game. um, Essentially, he says that he did receive a reply But the reply, he says, I don't even think he read my letter. So it basically said that they had made a decision, I should just finish up a very strong year. Okay. Now the athlete, he sent one to the athletic director, and she sent what Mitchell called a heartfelt note. Said it sounded like she understood how i felt not only my frustration but my worries and she truly felt for me and my teammates so the president read like a form letter i know you find that shocking (laughs) (laughs) oh boy how about that So, that's the process they're in right now, and I don't think it sounds like it is a done deal. I mean, it'll be Division One this year, and he has most of his team back, by the way. So, that's not an issue. It sounds like he has most of his team back. Um,
1: now, that is shocking.
0: Yeah, he lost one guy to transfer and and one guy, the the Carter kid, who was his best player, by the way. He's a heck of a defender. Uh, But he is – his eligibility's up. I mean, well, eligibility up. I mean, it's – okay. All right. The uh, ratings on the NBA are out. I know I want to get to football practice here in a moment. LeBron James has been critical of the play-in tournament. Here are the official final NBA ratings on ABC. 2020-2021, 2.66 million per game, down 10% from last year's all-time low at 2.95 million. They just keep going down and down. That means NBA viewership on national TV is down 51% from 2011-2012. Not good. Not good at all. As I've said once, I've said a million times, I will know the NBA has absolutely made it when it's Utah against Atlanta in the final and people are watching in droves to watch Atlanta and Utah play. They've been fortunate that have had, for the most part, star power against star power all the way through. And And now LeBron's out again. He's aiming to return to the lineup next week after rehabbing a sore right ankle. And it's sore, I got it. But Frank Vogel says his absence the past two games is not an injury.
1: And we wonder why the ratings are going down.
0: Vogel said James' absence the past two games was, quote, not medically related. When asked why James wasn't present, Vogel said he's just not here. And that James would not be traveling with the team to Portland for a critical matchup with the Blazers on Friday.
1: guess what if they keep falling they actually might play the jazz in the first round and then there'll be no more lebron after that
0: well there's the play-in tournament the problem is they may float into the playoff tournament right if they if you know which means they may not get out of that who knows all right now let's get to practice preseason practice a couple of about 10 days ago i did this story and you try to do as many of these stories as possible try to do a lot of research during the course of the day to find stuff that isn't simple who's better is Brady's seven championships better than LeBron's four give me a call I know it, I know, you know. we don't do that kind of show um, try not to appeal to the the LCD of the world, lowest common denominator. Try to give you at least some meat on the show. Uh, we'll have fun, no doubt, but you, you know, when it comes time to be serious, you want to be serious. So college football teams will be required to hold at least seven padless practices during the preseason, and the number of contact practices will be reduced from 21 to 18. I will say this is a better result than we talked about, because at one point they were talking about only eight padded practices. Well, at least there's going to be 18. All right. You get 25 practices. Four of them are supposed to be heat acclimation practices. That's why there's no pads the first four practices. Penn State actually went through that in August, and then after the fourth one they were, you know, and what happened was Penn State had four practices that were in the heat acclimation and had a day off, and it was during the day off when they were told the Big Ten wasn't going to play. You're like, well, why would they have a day off in the preseason? Because you have to remember Penn State was still in classes summer session at the time, and if you're in class summer session, it's mandated you have to have it take a day off. Then of course, eventually they were allowed to come back, and they had to go through a second heat acclimation in October, which is always a brutal time heat acclimation-wise. That was a joke. The football oversight committee proposal now goes to the Division One Council for approval. This month is expected to pass and go into effect, starting in August. The changes to preseason practice come after a five-year study of six major college football teams, showing that players suffered more concussions during the preseason than any other time, including games. The committee was considering a new model for preseason camp that included at least nine padless and helmet-only practices and go with eight full contact practices and eight with a mix. So that's where that eight number came in. Coaches pushed for a few more contact practices, and the final model approved by the committee settled on seven no contact practices. So you got four hega acclamations at the front. That means you have to have three others sprinkled in over your 21. But to be honest with you, these guys get, you know, I'll get to the reality of this in a moment. The proposal also bans straight line contact drills, such as the Oklahoma drill. Limits the amount of full contact in any practice to 75 minutes. Prohibits more than two consecutive days of full contact practices. And reduces the number of preseason scrimmages from three to two. All right. So let's get to the reality of this. I, I I can only speak to what Penn State does. James Franklin has been aware of this for a long time. A long time. So even when two-a-days were still... Go- Although, when, I'll tell you this, the last dozen years with Joe, two-a-days, you know, you always heard about how hard the Penn State practices were. Yeah, they still would have a tough practice here and there. But when they did two-a-days, for example, you know what Joe did with the second... with the two-a-day? The first, the first one was special teams. Kicking, returns, place kicking, whatever. And... There wasn't hitting. So, I mean, that's how Joe took care of 2 days One of the two was a special teams practice. They didn't go out and do two straight hitting practices. I'm talking about the last dozen years. James Franklin has always understood this. He has a lot of walkthroughs built into his practice sessions so there's no contact special team sessions where yeah you're blocking downfield but all you're doing is blocking downfield like shadowing downfield so that's not contact and If they're actually, quote, hitting 75 minutes in a practice, I would say that's the max I ever have seen. Because you just can't keep hitting for more than 75 minutes in a practice, and James knows that. He has stuff built into practices that take that off the table. As for the three scrimmages, the way James has always scrimmaged has been like this in the preseason. He has gone out, and, yeah, they've had a scrimmage, everybody. Then they've had a second scrimmage, everybody. You know what the third scrimmage usually was? Okay? Trying to determine roster spots 60 through 75. You know, who's going to be with the varsity group, the travel group, and who's going to be on the scout team? Okay? That's not ones and twos. And that's how, you know, he used a scrimmage – usually on a Wednesday night, right when they're making the transition from preseason to the game week routine. Every coach I've been around has always been concerned about legs after preseason. So as the preseason has gone along, they really pick a time where they really taper down. Bill did that, Joe... You know, Tom Bradley had to handle an end of the season, so that that's not going to count. James, it's always been about, okay, we got our work in. We need to preserve legs. So there really is a 10-day period. Let me think if I got this, my number's right here. Probably a 10- or 11-day period where this comes into effect. The rest of the time, it's just not like that. It's just not like that. And the only thing in here I wasn't crazy about was, you know, but again, I don't know how everybody else does it. I don't know how Saban does it, Davo does it, but I know how how James does that third scrimmage. That third scrimmage is not including ones and twos out there. They're in the process of transitioning to the game week routine. It's then to determine roster spots. Also, I don't want to hear any complaints about tackling for the first two weeks of the season for anybody because that's where a lot of it's going to happen. But there's also something else about tackling I want to point out let's be realistic here tackling is like anything else some people are really good at it and some people aren't and the there are certain guys and there aren't many but there's certain guys that no matter what they are just really good tacklers and there's just a long group of guys that no matter how much you go over it with them go over it, they're just not great tacklers And unfortunately, in the sport, there's more of those these days than than the other. Just the way it is. Oh, you can teach it. Yeah, you can teach it all you want. They still have to go out there and do it. Some people are just really good at it, and some people aren't. So what they're going to do is realistic, practice-wise. I don't think it's going to really affect Penn State. As much as maybe somebody else, because I think James has always had a tremendously realistic approach, and he's a big believer in sports performance. In other words, I want you know, I don't want that line taking a dramatic dip from August till we get to Thanksgiving weekend. I don't want to see the graph go way down. He wants to see the graph; it's going to go down no matter what, okay? But to just just gradually and slightly work its way down. That's he's a big believer in sports performance, and that starts in training camp. There's work you have to get in, but he has always taken, in my opinion, not a good approach, a great approach to preseason in terms of how much hitting and preservation of legs in combination with the work you need to get in. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. <laughs> Great to have you with us on the show today, Pat Friermuth. In the next half hour, looking forward to talking with him. And yeah, we're getting closer, by the way, to the now. Minor league baseball has started, um, and uh, started this week. The MLB draft league with the cutters and the spikes will start, and I think that's. I'll tell the Blue Band they've had their moment. I understand. The spikes uh, single game tickets are going to be going uh, here at May thirteenth. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, we'd have to find out from Gabe how the cutters are going to handle it. Right, great to have you with us now here's one for you i was reading an article today statewide not including philadelphia and federal facilities nine million vaccine doses have been given out to 5.58 million people but that doesn't include philly or federal facilities